0: Hey, everybody. Emma here. I've been out sick over the last few days. Don't worry. I'm doing much better now. But in my absence, good friends of the podcast, Nathan Wagnon and Hannah Stobbs, jumped in. That said, throughout the rest of our study on Song of Solomon, you'll get to hear snippets of their conversation, and I'll add some of my own commentary. Just a heads up, the episodes may be a tiny bit longer. As we continue our study of the book of Song of Solomon, I wanted to give you a warning that the content is, in nature, very adult. That said, if you're listening with children or minors around or nearby, we'd recommend you listen by yourself first before listening with kids. By way of reminder, here are the three things we need to remember about this book. Number one, sex was designed by God to be experienced in the context of marriage between one man and one woman, and it's a good thing. Number two, in the last episode, we looked at the man's verbal pursuit of the woman that preceded his physical pursuit. Intimacy in marriage requires emotional connection. And number three, in today's episode, though our reading plan has us in chapter six and seven, we're going to start our discussion back in chapter five, where suddenly, after experiencing deep unity, the couple encounters great disunity or division in their relationship. And through these chapters, we learn that when we sense distance, we should run toward the other person rather than further the distance and increase the divide. Let's jump in. All right now, if we're honest, reading the Bible consistently can be a challenge, but it's never too late to start, and we're in this together. This is the Join the Journey podcast.
1: Thanks for joining. Hannah Stobbs here with the Watermark Institute, and I'm in the podcast studio talking about Song of Solomon with Nathan Wagnon, our friend from Eden Project. Yeah,
2: Eden Project. That's what I'm talking about. Big Eden
1: Project guy. So if you want to hear more about (laughs) what Eden Project is and what Nathan is up to when he's not talking about Song of Solomon, we'll have the link in the description.
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah, you guys can go check out theedenproject.com. A ton of resources for you there, leader development, retreats you can go on to deepen. In your uh, connection with God, yourself, and others, so check us out.
1: That's great. So let's let's jump back into where we're at in Song We're picking up at the in the middle of chapter five, and we're really picking up on we're at the climax, the heightened part yeah. of this love going on between this man and this woman. So if you have no idea where we're at. Go back a couple podcasts so you can catch up with us. But take us, where are yeah. we at in chapter five? Yeah.
2: So, yeah, as, as we talked about in the last episode, I mean, there's, there's this uh, refrain from the community like, yes, what you're doing is good. Eat, drink, friends, be drunk with love. And so they
1: yeah.
2: do. <laughs> it's like, okay. Sweet. If he
1: tells you, tell us, we'll go. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. <clears throat> and yet, at kind of this climactic point uh, with a double entendre there,
1: mm-hmm.
2: he's gone again. Yeah. So, like, Chapter 5, verse 6, I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had turned and he's gone. Yeah, My soul f- failed me when, when he spoke. I sought him, but did couldn't find him. I called out. He didn't answer me.
0: So what's happening here in the text? Chapter 5 begins with the woman. We read, I slept, but my heart was awake. Now, does heart mean she's dreaming? Is it a nickname for her husband? We don't know. And the text goes on. I slept, but my heart was awake. A sound. My beloved is knocking. He says, open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my perfect one. For my head is wet with dew, my locks with the drops of the night. And then she responds in verse 3. And she's like, oh, I've got a list of reasons why I'm shutting you down right now. It's like, eh, I already did my skincare routine. Eh, I'm already ready to go to sleep. I'm tired. He wants intimacy, and she wants to sleep. As Ben Stewart puts it, a misalignment of your desires or desires going in different directions will lead to disconnect, miscommunication, and tension. And this raises the question when your spouse isn't meeting your desires or giving you what you want, how do you react? How do you respond? How did this guy respond? And I'll make a disclaimer here. While we are looking at a married couple, for the singles listening, I I would say, hey, I think there are some great principles you will be about to pull from this text and just apply to your relationships in general. But specifically, contextually, we're looking at conflict within a marriage. And here's, here's what we see, end of verse four, She says, My beloved put his hand to the latch, and my heart was thrilled within me. I arose to open to my beloved, and my hand dripped with myrrh, my fingers with liquid myrrh, on the handles of the bolt. Okay, wait, what's happening here? As Ben Stewart points out, Rather than retaliate when his desire is denied— He blesses when he's been wounded. He takes expensive anointing oil, that liquid myrrh, and puts it on the very place where he's been wounded. He blesses it so extravagantly that when she touches the bolt, it's dripping. How do you respond to conflict in a marriage? Number one, you refuse to retaliate. When bruised, you bless. And we do that because that's what God does every day. See Matthew 5. God is kind to us even when we're not. He is gracious to us, even when we dismiss him. And if we are the children of God, we should look like our dad. We should bless even when we are not blessed in return. Return. It says in Romans 2, God's kindness leads us to repentance. If you fight fire with fire, you'll just get more fire. That's not a good way to live a marriage. You'll win through kindness, Stuart concludes. The story continues, and we see that this kind gesture moved her heart toward him. It worked. My beloved put his hand to the latch. My heart was thrilled within me. Verse 5. I arose to open to my beloved, and my hands stripped with myrrh, my fingers with liquid myrrh on the handles of the bolt. I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had turned and gone. My soul failed me when he spoke. I sought him, but found him not. I called him, but he gave no answer. She realizes that there's distance. Because while he did bless the latches, I guess, he also left. He gave her some space. Or maybe even he needed to remove himself from the situation so he didn't escalate. We don't know the reason. But whatever the reason for his departure, she's like, oh, no, we're in conflict. And she's not okay with it. She's convicted. She moves toward him. She goes after him.
2: Then she goes out again to the streets, Hmm. into the city, and asks the watchman again, except this time they beat her.
0: Yeah, yeah. What
1: is
2: up with that? And take her veil. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What the heck is going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I I mean, because look, commentators are all over the place on this. I personally think, I mean, and you know, look, if you've done five minutes of homework on this, your opinion's just as valid. (laughs) Is I mean, who in the world knows? But I think probably what's happening is the Watchmen in the night, right? are trying to keep all of order and all of that kind of stuff. Now, if a woman comes out at night, which is not normal, right? If you're a woman of standing or a woman of good repute, right? Yeah. If you're not, if you're a woman of the night... In a veil, right? I mean, there are all kinds of things that conjure up. The imagery there, temple prostitution, mm-hmm. um, just straight up prostitution. Yeah. Um, and so, if a watchman is finding kind of this activity, she is, she probably is being mistaken for hmm. um, a temple prostitute. Yeah. And yeah. so, they're kind of like, hey, we got we to take out the trash. We got to clean this mm. up, you know. Take her veil, beat her up, send her home. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. So... And that's where, um, you know, in the midst of this really violent, you know, they beat me, they, they bruise me, they yeah. took away my veil. Yeah. Um, she also calls out again in the midst of her pain to who? Again to the daughters of Jerusalem. And she goes, hey, if you find him, tell him I'm sick. Where did he go, right? And this is the really, really powerful, again, this is such good literature. I mean, it's brilliant because every human has the experience of unrequited love. Like every every single human being has that that one relationship where you're like, "Man, that one got away" or yep. Yep. or sure. um or I had a crush and it was never fulfilled or like I had all this desire in it and and this is what the literature is doing is it's going, "Hey, yeah, that's human. Mm-hmm. That it's human to be that. Yeah, and uh, and it's, sh- it's showing that um, here, which is why again, what follows is the community again is going, is going. Hey, beautiful young woman, like what's so great about your guy? Yeah, you know, which is frankly at this point. A good question.
1: Fair, yeah, yes. <laughs> if he's left you not that, once, but twice.
2: Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, there's this, but again, that's what the literature is doing. It's taking you back and forth. Yep. Which, if you're a human, is your experience. Um. And so sure. it's showing you that through this, through through this poetry. Yep. And so, but what she does is, she's like, "Hey, I am not backing down from this again." Go back to the teenage girl who's crushing on the college boy or whatever. Like, she's not going anywhere. She is not going anywhere. Yep. yep. He can. He can do all kinds of crazy stuff, and she she will convince herself. I'm gonna be here. Yep. I am going to be here. Yep. Yep. And so he she goes into this like. I mean, it's pretty awesome. I mean, yeah. uh, it's kind of like, hey, if you're gonna be described like this, like I'm a dude, I'm like, yeah, this is pretty. <laughs> I mean, if 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 my wife Margaret, what's up? Mm-hmm. Um, the next time, like I see you, I fully expect for you to describe me like this,
1: mm-hmm. as <laughs> radiant and ruddy. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, she's going, hey, he's radiant, he's ruddy, he's distinguished. Sure. His head is the finest gold, locks are wavy, his hair's black as a raven, Mm -hmm. eyes are like doves bathed in milk, sitting beside a full pool. Yeah. Like, I mean, she goes on, uh, his arms are like rods of gold, (laughs) right? Set with jewels. His body is polished ivory. (laughs) I mean, it's like, you know, legs are alabaster columns set on bases of gold, like... I mean, you're like, okay, you are definitely crushing on this, dude. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and and again, what's happening is she's going, hey, this is, I am being completely honest about my desire mm-hmm. as a human, as, as a woman who is desiring this man. Yeah. And that's the, oh, it's so rich. That's what's great about the literature. Yep. Is it's being
1: honest. Yeah.
2: And us as the reader, we're able to go, yeah, like, kind of me too. Yep. Which again, you know, takes us to chapter six, where these the other people are going, hey, um, what, hey, where, where did your beloved go? Yep, <laughs> um, fair question. Yeah, totally. And we'll help you find him. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And so these interesting things happen because they're they're out looking for the dude. Yeah. And it's not just her now. There's other people with her. Yeah. Um, but then, um, we're transported back to. The woman's garden. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, she's like, yeah, um, he found his way back down to the garden. Yeah. Right. And so he he has returned, which again, you're looking at it, you're going in regard to human like sexual love, there is, there are these, these moments of bliss followed by yearning, followed by mm. a lot of times like confusion or um what is the nature of this relationship followed by oh here he comes again
1: yeah
2: and and so I don't really care about that other stuff now we're in the garden again and it's like every all of mm. the tension gets released yep. right yep and so you get again this famous statement I am my beloveds and my beloved is mine he is now grazing and in the garden, and then he comes in with his refrain yeah. and starts to. He basically repeats what he did a few chapters before, and and says the things about her hair and you know being goats and yeah. you know yeah. her, her teeth are like you know uh, yeah it's the same thing. Um and and ultimately is going hey there are there are sixty queens there are eighty concubines there are virgins without number but you you my my perfect one literally yeah um are, are set apart. And so again, now we're back with them in this embrace Mm -hmm. that they're in. So in the midst of like this embrace, he's going, he, his response to her is one of, um, he's responding to her and he's going, yes, like we're again, we're in this together now Um, consensual desires are being met. They're being expressed and they're being met. Mm -hmm. And from a human, just a purely human anthropological standpoint, like, this is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And she ends, like, this little section now and goes, hey, <laughs> I, I went down to this orchard to look at the blossoms of the valley to see where the vines had budded, whether the pomegran- pomegranates were in bloom. In other words, like, is is love awake? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And before I was even aware. Hmm. So now she's talking about her subconscious desire. Yep. Right. This is like deep, implicit kind of stuff. Yeah. She goes, before I was even aware, like, I was with this dude. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and so there's this really powerful um, statement about human desire. And again, we're we're not told that the desire is good or bad; it just is. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and the the poetry is giving us a commentary on, hey, this is what it's like to be a human, and uh, and this is what it's like to be in the throes of a love relationship. Yeah, um, and. There are really, really, really beautiful things about it. And then there are also some pretty serious warnings. Yeah. So we'll get to that in the next episode.
1: Yeah, for sure. Again, as we read this passage, serious encouraging things, things that are good. Again, Absolutely. The gift of yeah. God, things are good, but then also warnings of not awakening that level. We're not. Yeah, that's right. Again, Nathan, thanks for being with Absolutely. us. Absolutely. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together.